As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's up? Welcome in episode 501. A new era. Do we do we keep the count going now? Like we like we, we used to back in the day. Count. When, when did it, I, I can't remember when the the numbering stopped. Well, we started. We stopped. We did the jerseys up to obviously number ninety nine. Dan yeah. Hamp, Hampton. Yeah. And then uh, Dan Hampton. I could say that I used to do a radio show them. with him. Yeah. Um, and. Then I don't. After that, we just lost. I like. I honestly had no idea it was episode five hundred. No, I still felt like we did like episode one, like one hundred five or one forty one. But then that was maybe that was it. We we lost maybe. track. So I'll lose track by ne- by next week again, and we'll be back to normal. But today I know it's episode five hundred one. Thank you to everybody who has reached out, commented. Um, so many nice words from so many listeners. We deeply, Absolutely. deeply appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Even like that, kind of almost like the deeper, the deeper comments we've gotten about how like we're almost a part of your family because we're always in your car with you driving. Which I I understand it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a podcast listener too. So um, it's it we we really really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. Johns, he's fighting it. I, you know, we had this conversation about London and the the London flu the other day, and then <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. just talking about it made you sick again. Yeah, yeah. Costco tacos. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm well, all look, right. everybody in House Hall yesterday was listed on the Bears injury report, so you might as well be on there today. Yeah, Johns illness, <laughs> illness. Uh, we'll be all COVID, right, everybody. Right, no, not on the COVID it's, list. It's that time of year. Mother Nature, actually, in Chicago is quite um, with, she's quite, let's call her ruth, ruthless, as she goes from, uh, you know, 25 degrees to 50 degrees, maybe even 60 today, to, to rainy on Sunday against the Cardinals, cold and rainy. That's how people get sick, Adam. And then yeah. there's a pandemic going on. <laughs> And that whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, we have a lot to get to. Not a ton of time today. So this will be a much shorter episode than uh, than Tuesday's. The 500 episode, you kind of got two and one there. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that. But plenty to get to. NBCSportsChicago.com is where you can read me. Johnsy's on The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. A lot of good content on there this week, including you know non-bear stuff. The story on uh, what happened at Notre Dame. Uh, the, the other day with uh, Pete Sampson and, and Matt Fortuna had that for you guys on The Athletic. That's a must-read, um, sort of the inside development of how Brian Kelly just left and everybody was just sort of sitting there like, what? 
Um, yeah, good riddance, by the way. Yeah, no kidding. Enjoy the bayou. That seems like a terrible fit. It just does. It just seems like a terrible yeah. fit. No, I, but, yeah, I, I yeah. agree with you. I mean, he'll probably win there. He's a he's a good he win, coach. He wins everywhere he goes, but not a good guy. Um, but that's fine. Um, good for LSU, I guess. Uh, I think honestly, I think Notre Dame might end up being better off here. But that's a whole different conversation. We need to jump into Bears talk. What's going on with the quarterbacks? Jump into this preview. Adam Amin, our buddy, who quite frankly should have been mentioned on the 500th episode. That was a huge oversight because he actually sat there, basically did an hour with us at one of our live shows. Uh, Cortland's Garage back in the day. We have a cool photo of that. So um, Adam's been a big part of this podcast. He's calling the game on Sunday for Fox with Mark Schlereth. Man. You got it? You okay today? I'm going to wake up today. What's going on here? Coffee there. One more time. Give it a go. I have not. Um, I've been running around all morning looking for a damn cord so we could even just do this podcast. It's the truth. Um, So... Anyway, Adam's here. We'll talk to him in a little bit. He's going to help us preview this game, and it's a perfect fit since he's calling the game for Fox this week. But let's talk about the quarterbacks. Um, Justin Fields, you know, you got to call it a step forward because he wasn't practicing before yesterday, so he does practice in a limited fashion. But Andy Dalton still taking the starters reps. Not ideal. I mean, if you're going to... To throw Justin Fields out there this week, you want him taking the practice reps, um, especially against a defense like the Arizona Cardinals. Number one, Matt Nagy has a tendency to do this during his news conferences now, where you know everything's so instantaneous. Like, oh, Justin Fields is is practicing, and then like five minutes later, someone asks about Andy Dalton. Oh, he's yeah, taking the first real story reps. comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's been a number of instances of that with Matt Nagy in his news conferences this year. Well. Of course he was going to be limited. Like, hey, everybody, he's got broken ribs. Yeah. Let's not rush the franchise back to the field against a very good defense. You know what I got to say? Um, I think everybody sort of rushes to like, oh, they're just being the Bears about injuries and gamesmanship and all there this. Goes, like, well, there goes I, – I like this one on Twitter. Sorry, I'm interjecting. There goes Matt Nagy trying to save his job with Andy Dalton. Did you see that uh, one? That's not – Cliche talk. That's real talk. I don't. How does that help him save his job? I'm I, I, I'm I'm being serious. Like, what? it doesn't. Seriously, I, I I would honestly think that showing development and progress with Justin Fields would go a much longer way to save your job. One hundred percent. Yeah, I don't. You you could win out with Andy Dalton right now, and I don't know what that would do. Andy Dalton's going to be on a different team next year. One hundred percent. So I don't. I, that's just a. Just well, a, Adam, we've covered a team that once benched Jay Cutler in favor of Jimmy Clausen just so that head coach could prove that his offense worked. And it didn't work, and Jay Cutler came back a week later because Andy – sorry, I said Andy Dalton – because Jimmy Clausen was concussed. We covered that. So anything can happen. Anything is possible. These are the Bears. But no, it doesn't make much sense for Matt Nagy to try to ride, ride out of town on Andy Dalton. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that one. All right. Um, so, to your, uh, what I was going to say is like, I don't, I actually don't think this is gamesmanship. I think it is, as you mentioned, he's got broken ribs. Okay, yeah. that is painful. So you, you, you get him back into practice. You see what he can do. I think honestly, I think today's the big day, right? So we're recording this Thursday morning. We apologize. We're not gonna. You have to check Twitter and our coverage on NBC and the Athletic um, for the updates. But as we're recording this, we don't know what Justin Fields' status is for Thursday, and um, I think that'll give us a better idea. You know, does he take a step forward? Does he get this full practice in today? Did he feel good enough yesterday to do that, or is Andy Dalton still taking the starters reps? And that might give us a better idea of what's going on. Yeah, I feel like this is going to go all the way up until, yeah, like maybe we hear from Andy Dalton on on Friday in that kind of like, oh, there he is, there's your starting quarterback. Um, I could see potentially going all the way up to Sunday if they want to play that game and shit. But that would be gamesmanship. I feel like yesterday was legitimately like the guys in pain. Let's see what he could do. Yeah, and like if we don't hear from Andy Dalton or Justin Fields this week at all, then you got some gamesmanship going on. Yeah, but. What are the? We'd Cardinals also have a violation of NFL media rules, but that would be a different. 
conversation. Because a quarterback needs to talk? Hey, you know, here's a thought. Technically, they can both talk. We've been there before. I mean, that used to be how it was. I mean, it's not just like one quarterback's available a week. They're actually both supposed to be available. Yeah. yeah. Remember the days that uh, Mike Glennon and Mitch Trubisky would be available? Like, Mike Glennon's the starter. Mike Glennon would talk at the podium, then Mitch would draw a, talk bigger, locker. Cr- <laughs> draw a bigger crowd. Like, what's going yeah. on in practice, Mitch? How's it going? What's What's this about being the pretty boy assassin? I'm glad you brought that up because the Bears tried to tell us that did not happen. I did. And happen. we were all like, no, that is how it happened. Yeah. I guarantee you that's how it happened. That's how I remember it. We would have these conversations with Mitch at his locker on Fridays. Yes. When he wasn't the starter yet. Yeah. Okay. How do you think the Pretty Boy Assassin storyline came about? That I was feel all like from that practice. was after he was starting, though. No, Wasn't no, it? no, no. That was early. That was early. Um, Leonard Floyd told that to John Moon Mullen. And then it was just, that was a thing. Yeah, that came because he was having good days in practice against the starting defense. The pretty boy assassin. I don't think was it Mitch who didn't like that, or well, I mean that's not exactly a great nickname. <laughs> no, in the world of football nicknames, that's a pretty bad one. Pretty boy assassin, not, not <laughs> yeah. up there. I mean, come on. What are your impressions of Trubisky? Oh, the pretty boy assassin. <laughs> I love the pretty boy assassin. You know, that's my boy. He, he's real calm. He real posed. Um, he young. He got his growing pains. But um, I love the pretty boy assassin. Is that a new nickname, or has that been around for a while? Flo, what Flo at? Flo gave it to him. We kind of, hey, what, what, what we call Mitch? Pretty boy, what? Pretty boy, pretty boy assassin. That's his new nickname. That's what we call him. You know. Yeah, this Pernell yeah, McPhee. You know, to your point, I don't think that's they're calling Justin Fields the pretty boy. No. No. In hindsight, maybe that wasn't the great uh great omen. Pretty boy. That assassin. was like the, the first impression. Well, pretty boys could play football. I mean, just I know what you're saying. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash adam and use promo code adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash adam and use code adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, well, we'll see what happens, I guess, with the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, here's uh here's a good opportunity. Let's bring in Adam Amin into the podcast and uh, see what he has to say about this matchup. Dude's calling Bulls games on one day, Bears games on the next. I like I, I put it on Twitter today. I just I want to be Adam Amin when I grow up. I think we're actually older than Adam Amin, but I hey. am by, by like four <laughs> or five years. I think <laughs> the, the guys the guys killing killing life, and I, I I love him for that. He's a he's a good friend, a friend in this podcast, and here he is, Adam Amin. All right, let's bring in one of the busiest guys we could possibly get on the podcast right now. Adam Amin, this is what we call on this podcast the Triple Adam Formation. We've had it before. We love it. What's going on, buddy? Oh, this is this comforts me. This comforts me at a time where I feel like we all need a little bit of comfort. This is this feels like soup <laughs> right now to me. This is like soup for my soul. I could use for I could use some soup. Um, first question. For you, Adam, can Lonzo Ball be at Soldier Field on Sunday to play quarterback because the Bears may be down to Andy Dalton? We're going to start calling him QB two, I think, just based yes. on the numbers. So I feel like uh, I feel like it'd be appropriate. And, and if Levine has any uh, any desire to play wide receiver now with with Robinson dealing with the hamstring, uh, I feel like that might might Ooh. help too. So we'll see. I love it. He could jump over anybody on defense yeah. right now at this point. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see uh, Adam is in a, a very nice hotel room, it looks like. Um, is that what that is? It yeah. is a, it is a hotel room. I'm like, what if somebody just came in and said, like, get out of here. What are you doing? That'd be, that'd be, that'd be, that, that would look bad. We hope it's you, yeah, we hope it's your room, at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> at least it's definitely my room. So, no, yeah, he's, we're hanging uh, out in the pools next to me. Yeah, Bulls Knicks tonight. Those games have been. Uh, it's fun to kind of have that be a thing again. Bulls playing the Knicks. I know Absolutely. the three of us at the ages we are at. I mean, that is that's the pinnacle. So it's got to be fun. Um, first of all, I mean, I know you've already been doing this for a year, but congrats on that whole gig. And it's it's got to be awesome for you and to see the Bulls. I mean, it's just fun basketball. It's just gonna be some ups and downs, but for sure. But it's there's so much more fun to watch this year. Yeah, it's an entertaining group. It's an entertaining style of ball. And that's the thing that I think at the end of the day, as long as you're competitive and you're entertaining, I think, you know, wins and losses obviously matter the most, but I think fans are willing to give you the benefit of the doubt if you're playing at the very least an entertaining style of basketball. Right now they are. Right now they are. And they're competitive in just about every game, if not winning games. You know, 14 and 8 through 22 is a pretty good record. And I just feel like they should be in it, even with some of the personnel issues. You know, the you know Kobe White's got uh, on a COVID shelf right now, so he's going to be out. You know, at least ten days, probably like five, six, seven games, somewhere in that range. And Vucevic just came back recently. He had his best game of the season the other night on uh, on Monday against Charlotte. So the things are looking up. They had a good month in November. It could have been better, but it was a good month in November, and, and the schedule does lighten up from here. Does any of their success? And this has just become a uh... A Bulls podcast for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, you took a hard left turn as soon as you had yeah. the opportunity. Is, well, it, that, is it that bad right yeah. now? I, no, I'm, I'm, bad. Like, I'm, no, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do you yeah. know is what we went bad? through? We do you know what we went through last week. I shouldn't say. I mean, Matt Nagy had a much worse that week than we did, but it still wasn't fun for us either. <laughs> that Lonzo ball pass, or, or like where Caruso steals the ball, he's on the ground. Up to Lonzo Ball, all the way down the court. I mean, that's why. Like, I'm joking about the Andy Dalton thing, but like, that was an exciting play, man. They're 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 an exciting <laughs> team, you know. I, if Bulls Bulls fans on here know what I'm talking about, that that full court uh, pass to Zach Levine for, for the dunk. Um, He's done it, they've done it a couple times this year, and yeah. and it's I, I I imagine like all the it's fun to make the QB one jokes, and then you kind of look at the construction of the Bears right now offensively, and you're like. It doesn't feel like it's uh, it's funny now when when you have to actually compare and contrast the two things. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I, again, I I sympathize very much so with all of my fellow Bears fans out there right now. One last Bulls thing. Uh, you can tell <laughs> Stacy this. Uh, when he says cookies, I lose my mind every time. <laughs> it is the funniest thing. I don't know why. It, uh, I mean, he's got a number of great things that he does but the cookies thing is relatively new and i every time he does it i just like lose my mind at home it makes me laugh it makes me like it it i don't laugh at the 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 content as much anymore because again i'm there i hear it every time what gets me is when he when he times it well his timing's very good so when he hits me with it and i'm not expecting it that's when i when i always get a kick out of it or when he throws something out like Anytime he does the nationwide jingle and he mixes it up a little bit, now, I think he feels like he has to freshen it up a little bit. So, like the other night, he like 
he added a lot of sauce to it. And I, I was just like, my jaw was agape. I was like, ah, look at this. Look at this guy doing this thing now, adding a little bit of a, a spice to this. I, I respect it. All right. So back to the bears. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, I'm kidding. Um, like, I, I'm just curious, you know, when just from a broad, like a sports journalist broadcasting, you know, question, like going from the fast pace of an NBA game going then a few days later, going to the, the slower pace of the NFL game, you know, like what's it like to do? Um, what's it like to prepare for And the amount of names that you must have to memorize is got to be crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's um, the the pace and the regiment, the regimented nature of the sports is what makes it different. Like the fluid, like hockey and basketball are fluid sports, baseball and football are regimented sports. So they have like, like those two sections have very specific rhythms and cadences to them. So I, it's not necessarily hard jumping back and forth between the two because you, you have to understand what the pace and the rhythm of the two yeah. things are. And as long as you understand that, that helps that that makes it a little bit easier uh to jump back in from one structure to another so as long as you recognize you know the differences between fluidity and regimented broadcasting i think that helps and and i you know that's you know baseball and football have all these similarities so it doesn't really feel like a huge difference i think the preparation process is very similar for both whereas basketball the preparation is a little bit more fine-tuned to just that week there's so much more cumulative in the NFL and in major league baseball, I think that's probably what sticks out between the two, like just the regimented nature of what you have to, what you have to focus on and, and how you go about relating something that happened in week two to what's happening week 13. You know, that's why, you know, you go through every game story for, for a football season. I'm going through the Cardinals right now and looking at their seven or no start and, and looking at the bears and trying to figure out what happened in the, the last five compared to what happened against Detroit. So you're kind of approaching those in different things and the preparation processes are very, very different for the two paces and the two different, you know, uh, styles that we're looking at. So that, that's probably the main difference. And yeah, they like the memorization for me isn't as big of a thing. It's, it's more of a, how do you relate things? You know, how do you relate, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, how am I going to identify a hop right away? You know, how am I going to identify Darnell Mooney right away? away is it is it a shoe that week that they're wearing do they have a sleeve on is it the hair is it you know the jersey number specifically because sometimes you know teams bust out different jerseys and you're curious is like all right can i read this number the eagles have yeah. like when somebody on the eagles rolls up their jersey during pregame warm-ups you're like is that 18 or 16 you know like mm -hmm. last week we're trying to figure out is that quez watkins or is that jalen rager because they're of similar size you know or similar numbers similar builds you know you can't really tell what height you are on on the field so that's those are like the little tricks and tips that you kind of have to use but in terms of like memorization you don't memorize all 100 players you know between the two teams you you, you look for for triggers and you try to commit as many of the skill position players to memory as you possibly can and the bears are going with their orange unis this week so it is i'm excited to see it i am yeah. excited i always enjoy the orange. i don't I, i'm sure i don't know if i'm in the minority or not i like the orange jerseys i like, I like them too the Best. I, I kind of enjoy seeing them. Uh, you know, there, there are certain jersey combos I don't love. We had the Giants last week. They went with the all-white 80s throwback uniforms with the Giants capital capital lettering on the on the jerseys instead of the NY or on the helmets instead of the NY. Like, I'm a big fan of that. I like throwbacks. So anytime you get like a little bit of a throwback orange, I'm happy with it. I saw that and I do agree. I, I prefer the Giants on the helmet instead of the NY. Yeah. And I think it's because of the movie Little Giants. I, I, I think I think that's a great that's a great uh, feel for it. I, you know, it just it makes you feel nostalgic. I, I like that. I respect that. Hey, Adam, what are you looking as you look at this matchup right now? A few days before Sunday, what are you uh, most looking forward to seeing? Well, the return of Murray uh, for Arizona. I, I want to see what he looks like. I, I just want to see if he's going to be at full strength and he had Hopkins coming back. Uh, how do the Bears? De how does the Bears defense combat that? And can they maybe? take advantage of an Arizona offense that's trying to find its form. Now, I don't think it's going to take very long, if at all, uh, for Arizona to kind of get back into the form that we're used to seeing them. And they were dominant early in the year. I mean, 30 plus points often uh, early in the season. And a lot of that was because it's Murray and Green and, and Hopkins. You know, you, 
you're, you're looking at a triangle. You got Murray in the middle and you got the sidelines taken care of. And how does Jalen Johnson react this week? You know, he's had varying levels of success against high level receivers, whether it's Adams or Godwin or, you know, whoever you've thrown him on this season, he's had varying degrees of success and, and he's going to be challenged if Hopkins is in there, if he's going to be lined up against him or green, or if they move him to work with hop, uh, work against Hopkins one-on-one, I think that's the matchup that sticks out the most to me, assuming that Murray and Hopkins are back and it does look like they will be. So I'm fascinated to see how the bears defense combats that. And then can they get a pass rush? You know, Robert Quinn obviously had a great month of November, uh, it's a little bit of a thinner linebacking core. We'll see how the Arizona offensive line looks. They're dealing with some injuries right now, in particular Justin Pugh on the left side. Uh, but can they generate a pass rush and, and make Murray uncomfortable coming back from the ankle injury? Those are the two things that kind of stick out to me. You didn't mention Justin Fields because it doesn't look like Justin Fields is going to play. But, I, but I'm curious, what have you thought of his, of his rookie season? What have you heard from others as you travel around and, and talk to so many NFL people? I, I hate to like assume that just the people that I've talked to are the are the uh, arbiters of how we should judge Justin, but uh, I the the overall feel is that there's just too much inconsistency to make a full on judgment on him just yet. But I don't think I've run into a lot of people that feel very strongly about Fields yet. I don't think that means that they don't think he's the quarterback of the future. I think general consensus is. This should be the guy. This should be the guy. But if we're evaluating, you know, that stretch of, you know, week three, I don't even want, you know, let's take out week three. Let's take out the Cleveland game. I, I think that's an unfair. That's probably an unfair game to kind of look at. So, so from week four to week nine, you know, to the Steeler game, I think there was a lot of positive to take out of there. I, I personally felt like there are a lot of moments where you look at him and go, okay, these are the flashes that I believe in. I want to believe in the San Francisco game. I want to believe in the downfield passing in the first Detroit game. I want to believe that the drive against Pittsburgh, when there probably should have been a penalty called, you know, late in the game, I feel like that's the fields that we still have confidence in. And based on those flashes, I'm still a believer in the guy. I know I'm biased. I know I saw him in the preseason. I know I'm desperate like a lot of people in this city are for QB one for a legitimate franchise quarterback. So I'm probably willing to look past some of the deficiencies because of the external circumstances. I think if you look, if you go around the country and ask people, you know, I know Dan Orlovsky is a big fan. I know people that aren't a big fan. I know people that say they, they don't think they, they don't believe in Justin Fields. I don't think it's fair to judge him based on just this stretch of, you know, what was it? Six or seven starts, whatever it was. I, I'm not, I'm not ready to make that judgment yet. I'm more of a believer and an optimist than I am a, uh, than I am someone to disregard what he's done so far. So that's, I, I know that's not a lot of specifics, but that's the general feel that I get. Those are the general feelings that I have compared to some of my colleagues, some of the people I've talked to. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I do get the sense that, um, you know, here in Chicago, obviously we're going to have uh try to be, Everyone's going to try to be optimistic and give a rookie the benefit of the doubt. But I, I, I've i had some similar conversations with people that are more like nationally connected and not really from here. And mm-hmm. like one even said, he shouldn't even be playing. Like Dalton should be playing. And like that actually really kind of caught me off guard when I heard that because sure. I'm like, I'm at all these games. I don't, I don't think he's playing that poorly. Like obviously there's inconsistencies, but I don't think they're doing a detriment by him playing. I think, I, I think the thing that we've heard a lot, and I, I know we've heard this refrain a lot, it's like, well, he's not reading the field very well. He's not reading the progressions very well. And and listen, is that a fair uh, assessment or a fair criticism? Yeah, sure. That's fine. That's a very fair criticism. But somebody brought up the other day, like, look at Trevor Lawrence and what he's doing in Jacksonville and how much they've struggled and how, frankly, poor his performances have been in a lot of weeks. And nobody's really putting Trevor Lawrence on that same plane of discussion that people are putting Justin Fields on. And I think some people would say like, well, the coaching staff isn't good and he doesn't have any talent around him. And those again are valid criticisms of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know why those don't necessarily apply to the bears because the bears have, you could say the same exact criticisms for them. The offensive line has been massively inconsistent this year. And we expected that when Tevin Jenkins was, 
was on the shelf the whole preseason. We're like, this is the guy you spent your first pick on or, or your first non-quarterback pick on. And he hasn't played, you know, until, until, you know, he had a, you know, he had a back issue all, all preseason throughout most of the first part of the year. Larry Borum has just only had a handful of opportunities to play. You know, Elijah Wilkinson has been in and out of the lineup. So, you know, why can't, why don't those same criticisms apply to the bears when everybody's kind of giving uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and the Jaguars a little bit of a pass there too. Now, is there a, a difference in franchise expectancy? Yeah. I think people expect more from the bears than they do from the Jaguars. I, I think that's fair as well. So I'm sure that's part of it, but I don't understand why those criticisms, are fair in Jacksonville, but not in Chicago. So that's why I still hesitate to make a full on judgment of the guy because there's way too many extenuating circumstances to, to fully and properly gauge where Fields is. I think he's probably behind schedule a little bit yeah. because he didn't get the early reps and because of the inconsistencies around it. And he didn't practice in training camp with the starters, right, Adam? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we've, we've had we've had that discussion too, right? <laughs> yeah. Like no, and, and and Hoagie, as as Orlovsky says, Adam Sandwich, uh, you made a great point about one of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hog. Excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Thank you, Kent. Appreciate oh. that. Uh, so, you made a great point though about if if Justin Fields started out of the game and he's still having this level of inconsistency. Does the criticism become more valid? Yeah, maybe. I, I think that is also fair. But that wasn't the case. He wasn't here to start in terms of being the first you know, QB1. He wasn't there at the top of the depth chart right out of the gate. He wasn't getting those first team reps. And you've heard multiple people around the Bears say that. You know, Robinson's talked about that. He had to put in extra work for the San Francisco game just to get more time with the guys. So I, I, I really think there, that some people aren't getting the full picture and if they did get the full picture, they would have a little bit more of a fair assessment. I think some of the assessments have been unfair. No, I absolutely agree. It, like it's it's almost in terms of expectancy, like you said, like the the most fair comparisons. And I know the Bears hate this are probably the Jets and the Jaguars because you got this young quarterback. But at the same time, they're different situations. Those are first-year head coaches with rookie quarterbacks. Here you got a fourth-year head coach with a rookie quarterback after he had another shot at, at a young one. So it's all layered. Um, you've covered games. You called games, I should say, with young quarterbacks. Sometimes they just have their ups and downs, don't they? Yeah. I mean, we saw Mac Jones early, you know, in week three, and he had played very – conservative football the first two weeks and he got a they they not not downfield aggressive but they let him get a little more aggressive in week three when we had him and he, he struggled he made some mistakes and the guys around him made some mistakes and nobody was putting mac jones on that same pedestal or, or on that on that same level of criticism that some of the other younger quarterbacks got but who's his coach who's his coordinator it's bill belichick josh mcdaniels it's the new england patriots there's a there's this big shadow left by brady and in a sense cam newton as well so I think there was a little bit less on Mac Jones's plate. And the other thing I would say to that is, how do you coach the young quarterback? What's the scheme around him? Are you putting him in the best position to succeed? And I would venture to say, and I, I think when it's all said and done, whether Matt Nagy's here next year or not, it looks more and more like he won't be here. I think he'll probably feel that they could have done more to put Justin Fields into a better position where the Patriots, look at what they're doing. They're not putting Mac Jones into positions where he has to do everything, where he has to deliver 50-yard touchdowns every week. They expected him to throw the ball at the intermediate level at a consistent rate, to make checks at the line of scrimmage that he was capable of making, and not make him make reads that they didn't feel he was ready for. And as time has progressed, he's played better, he's played sharper. People are like, oh, clearly he's the number one rookie quarterback. Whether that's true or not, he's been put in the best position yeah. to succeed yes. compared to Zach Wilson, compared to Justin Fields, compared to Trevor Lawrence. It, it yeah. sounds like everything you just said, like it's got to be so frustrating as a Bears fan because that's like an incremental plan, right? There, there was like an open yeah. competition between him and Mac Jones. You know, like Mac Jones got repetitions and snaps with the starters, you know, in June and July. Those weren't there for. Justin Fields and like everything you just said, like, 
you know, one thing leading to the next, you know, building, building the kid's confidence. Now you see mm-hmm. him getting more aggressive, you know, like not putting too much on his plate. Now you can put more on his plate. Like it's, yeah, it was an a, unbelievable fit for Mac Jones. Yes. What a great in New point. England. Yeah. 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 And, and, and again, fit, fit is, fit is very important in this league. Yep. As you guys know, I mean, it, fit, you could argue that fit is everything. You could argue that yes. in, at least in terms of a quarterback. And I, I think the, I, I think the criticism of Matt has, has been, I'm I'm gonna run this offense, and you've got to fit my offense. And it's easy to criticize that and say, "Well, that's a dumb way to go about it." I don't think that's a bad way to go about it, but it's an option. And there are other options out there where you say, "Well, I'm bringing this quarterback in who's got a very specific skill set, and we need to tailor things around him." Now, listen, Baltimore is struggling. Right. Lamar Jackson is having a world of issue the last five games. Ever since, I think we saw him week, uh, I don't know, it was like the second week of November, uh, first, you know, first Sunday of November. And they played really well against Minnesota. They put up 34 points after a slow start. And I'm, th- I'm sitting there going, like, man, this is an offense that's built around this guy. And why wouldn't you want to do that? And that's why. And I had just seen Fields. We had just done the Halloween game against San Francisco. And then I saw Lamar in the offense for the Ravens. And I'm like, why, why aren't they doing this? And then they struggle against the bears and they struggle against Miami and, and they've had issues ever since. So I'm not saying that playing to scheme is always a bad move. And I'm not saying playing to the skill set of a quarterback is always the best move. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be ups and downs regardless, but there are options out there. And I felt the option that you kind of dedicated yourself to at the beginning of the year, where it's going to be Andy Dalton, we're going to hope that he goes nine and eight or whatever it is. And we're in a position. Of, I mean, that's a lofty expectation to put on Andy Dalton in a new system. And with all the expectations and with the pressure, with the offensive line struggling, all of that is a hard position to put any quarterback in. So I, I'm sure Matt Nagy will look back and think I could have done more to get Justin Fields into a better position to win and to succeed. But I'm also alleviating some of my own thoughts about, well, you got to play to the player. You have to play to the personnel. It's I prefer that. That's my philosophical preference in the NFL to play to your players rather than play to the scheme. But I understand that that's not always going to be the best option. And the worst option is not always just playing to your scheme. I want to, I want to be clear that, that that criticism can be a little bit over the top of Nagy in that sense. Well, it's really good stuff, Adam. And uh, I know our listeners can't wait to watch Sunday. Fox, uh, you're on the call. Looking forward to seeing you at Soldier Field. And um, Bulls Knicks tonight on NBC Sports Chicago. 6.30, right? Yes, sir. 6.30. So it should be a good one tonight as well. Adam Amin and Stacey King on NBC Sports Chicago. You follow him on Twitter, at Adam Amin. Thank you so much. Enjoy the game tonight. Safe travels. And we'll see you on Sunday. Thanks, boys. Appreciate you. Thanks, Adam. All right, let's keep things rolling here as we jump into our official preview of the game. Bears, Cardinals. Bears will be in their orange uniforms. They were 0-2 in last year. Looking like 0-3. If you count Sunday, I think we're counting this as a loss. Oh, and there's our predictions uh, segment. (laughs) Hey, now. (laughs) No, 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 no. Hey, I had to do three questions here. Three big questions for the first time, I think, ever. Um, so I put that's, a lot, that's, that says a lot. No, I, I put a <laughs> lot of thought into this. And this first question is a deep one. Okay. Who plays quarterback on Sunday? Andy Dalton. You think so? Yes. With the information that we have now Thursday morning, I think the same information that we'll get later Thursday afternoon. It's Andy Dalton. Okay. Um, Your quarterback's to, got broken ribs. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought uh, earlier this week it'd be Justin. I kind of, for some reason, thought he would be back full practicing on Wednesday. So I don't think that was a great start to the week. This is a hard question to ask right now. So I'll put it this way. I think if if Justin is a full participant in practice either Thursday or Friday, I think he starts. Okay. Otherwise, I think it'll be. I don't know. Like it's, have you ever gotten the wind knocked out of you? Oh, yeah. Like, could you imagine like playing an entire game where it feels like that at various spots throughout the game without actually being hit? You know, I it just 
Well, I think if that's the case, they're they're not gonna. I know. I play know. him. You know, I I I think what matters is, um, how much pain he's actually in. So, look, we're not we're not able to give specifics on what we're supposed to, I don't even know what we're allowed to report at practice anymore, but Monday when they were inside and he was off doing side work, which has already been well-documented, I'll just say he was doing something that made me feel like he's not that in that much pain. And that was Monday. So that's almost a full week before the yeah, game. But Sunday. it's different than sprinting out of the pocket because Chandler Jones is chasing you down than having to slide and dive and protect yourself. Yeah, it's true. I'm not denying that. So I guess uh, the answer to that question, that deep, deep question for me, is we will see. <laughs> what you. great insight this podcast gives you. Uh, second question. This one's this one's actually a little bit better. Uh, can Jalen Johnson shut down DeAndre Hopkins? So we think Hopkins is coming back this week. And uh, Jalen Johnson, for the most part, the majority of his snaps have actually, the great majority of his snaps have actually been on the left side of the defense. But there have been matchups, especially earlier in the season, when you get that clear number one wide receiver and he would shadow him. I don't know what the game plan will be this week. I have a feeling that it's, if I had to guess, I think it's one of those weeks where he probably tries to shut down Hopkins and um, pick your poison elsewhere with A.J. Green, who, yes, is still in the league. How about that? Um, and so I'll say I'll answer my own question first. I think the way Jalen Johnson's playing, I think Hopkins coming off of um, the injury and being out for a while. I think uh, maybe some cold weather involved too. I think this is a week where where Jalen Johnson, um, you know, Hopkins still going to get a few quite yeah, few catches. You know, maybe four catches, fifty yards, something like that. But if that's all he gets, that's a good that's a good day. It's like I'm not concerned about Jalen Johnson. My concern is still what happens on the opposite side of Jalen Johnson, even if Jalen Johnson is moving around with the Andre Hopkins. Like Artie Burns was good enough against the Lions because Kendall Vildor has been bad enough to lose his job. Yeah. The stats, the coverage stats are not good for Kendall Vildor in the second season. Um is Artie Burns the answer, the short term answer? Sure, he'd look good against the Lions. But Kyler Murray the Cardinals offense, it's a whole different discussion, a whole different monster for the Bears secondary. You need your safeties to be outstanding this week. So Jalen Johnson plays fine. I'm more concerned about the other side. That's fair enough. All right, so Bears are coming off a win. Everybody's feeling better. There's been less drama this week. Um, I keep having this thought in my head, though, Johns. What happens Sunday? How does that, like... We know how this goes. What happens in the game? Then how's everybody feeling Monday? Is everybody going back? And there's still been fire naggy chants all week, by the way, at different sporting events yeah. in around town. It's kind of ridiculous, by the way, even though, like, like it, I think it's a joke that's gone, that's lost its luster, I'll say. Right? Uh, oh, did I convert you on this? Or, uh, no, you know, the funny well, thing is, I actually never said it's it's wrong to chant that at like other games. I just I just had a problem with the Suns game. That was it. I, I just find it odd that I don't know. Yeah, maybe oh. it's just well, like hey, look, I, the, I think you're going to hear it funny. Sunday. You're yeah. going to hear it Sunday. Right, right, right. Yeah. I just think people think it's funny, but yeah, it's, it is that. It's, it's become lost, a bit. Lost a little bit. Yeah, it's become a it's, bit. Yes, it's become a bit for sure. Um, yes, if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, I'm holding a screwdriver. I have no idea why. I just realized I'm kind of like toiling around like a pen like I normally would. I actually had to adjust my glasses um, with, you know, this whole deal. If you're watching yeah. on YouTube, this is a bonus. Um, it's a nice little tool if you have There's to. There's a big deal at Fort Field when Pat Finley's walking around asking anybody if they have screwdrivers in their purses. That's actually, if you saw Dan Wiener's tweet on Thanksgiving and wondering what the context was, this was actually the context. My glasses, I need, I'm actually going to get new ones today. Um, these are old. I, these are like literally 10 years old and um, they're starting to fall apart. So I like every two hours I have to screw them back together. Maybe it's time to just get new ones. New glasses. Yeah, new glasses. Yeah. Um, third question. So we kind of got sidetracked there. Is there any scenario in which Matt Nagy does not make it to Green Bay? Like um, maybe he gets COVID again? Okay. <laughs> Well, no. look, he's not Elijah Wilkinson here, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Back on it. Um, uh, 
this is where I would I would hope that Bears ownership has a realistic view of what's about to happen on Sunday. You have a Cardinals team that is returning to close to full strength, and your defense is down to backups at all three levels. It could be a long day. Yeah. I think your goal is that your team, your banged-up team, is able to keep this game close. You may not have Allen Robinson. You're down to Andy Dalton. Keep the game close. And then maybe the Bears have a shot. But that should your that should be like your your most realistic hope of this game. Yeah. Well, I think the crux of this question is maybe um and this may be something we find out in the future. Like I think we know at this point that that initial report about Matt Nagy being told he's getting fired and all that was not true. But was there somewhere somewhere where that wasn't somewhat of a thought or a thing that might have been on the table following the Thanksgiving game. And that's how it, you know, the game of telephone divulged into something it wasn't. But so I guess is could things get ugly enough Sunday that they go back to be like, all right, you know, let's I I I'm my answer is no. My answer is he's coaching in Green Bay. Like a forty nine to nothing beatdown? Maybe. I don't think that's I think that's on the table. It could happen. I think it's gonna, but yeah. I mean, let's talk about Andy Dalton. They scored 16 points against the Lions last week. It's true. They almost lost. The Lions didn't have DeAndre Swift. You can't name more than one wide receiver on their entire roster. Can't name more than five people on their roster. Right. I mean, come on. (laughs) It's a great day one, but Jesus. All right. um, So you think he's going to be in Green Bay, too? I do, too. Bold predictions. Um, Cole Clement will score a touchdown. <laughs> Ooh, I'm sticking with it. Okay, he's By better way, with he produces with Andy Dalton. He I does. Give, I want to give Cole some props. Oh, I actually, uh, he may not be. Play, he, I was actually, gonna say he's got a groin injury and he's yeah. didn't even practice. Um, never Where did mind. that come from? Yeah, again, another problem. Uh, banged up Bears. Um, Jimmy Graham scores a touchdown. Then okay, a tight end scores a touchdown. It's still okay. bold. It's I'll still bold. Um, quick, I want to give Cole some props, man. So he was on one of those Twitter spaces thing Monday night after Brian Kelly left. Yeah. And he was like, he wasn't the one running it, but he was like constantly throwing out topics. Like he sounded like he was doing like a podcast. It was pretty good. He's got a knack for that stuff. Yeah. Chicago kid. Must have gone to Chicago area Catholic school. I don't know. Yeah. Sounds about right. I just just pumping out podcasters left and right. If you're paying attention here, um, all right. My bold prediction, and I do think this is bold. I think the Bears' defense holds the Cardinals under 30 points. I think it's bold. That's bold. Because I all week I'm thinking, and, and I don't. I think they just surprise a little bit, and. You know, maybe the weather, yeah, brings down to, the offense. I, I was just about a to mention bit. the weather. Yeah, and don't so, don't throw a hypocritical stuff at me because I'm the one who says bear weather doesn't matter. All, it, the reason why I say that is because it counts for both teams. When, okay? when you when you're a, a dome team coming from the desert and you're about to play in 45 degree cold and rainy, it could bring down your offense field? a little bit. Yeah, it's gonna slow I, you down. I don't think it's gonna change the outcome of the game. Yeah. I want to. I want to see a muddy game. I love a game in the elements. We don't have enough of them. That Soldier Field turf is going to be um, a mud pit, and I, and I'm and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. Ugh, it's going to give me anxiety. <laughs> when we're five minutes into the game and the thirty-five yard line's missing completely, <laughs> I am there for that. Um. Uh, all right. Predictions for the game. Bears are a seven and a half. Point underdog. This game's noon on Fox. You know it. Adam Amin's calling the game. I'm going to go Bears 16. Cardinals 27. They cover. Oh, no, 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 no. 23-17 Cardinals. Okay. Uh, Cardinals 28, Bears 13. Okay. There you go. You're not listening, Chris. All right, let's fly through some of these other NFL games. In the NFC North, the Vikings go to Detroit this week. The Lions are a seven-point home underdog. 
This is also a noon game. It is on CBS. Vikings. You yeah. said go quick. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I like the, the Vikings. Lions. Last time I checked, the Lions are still the Lions. So Vikings. The Lions are the Lions. The Vikings are better than the Bears. They're going to beat the Lions by more than a walk-off field goal. Although that game was close in Minnesota. Didn't they need a walk-off field goal? They did. If I remember right. Something like that. Uh, CBS, also CBS Noon. The Los Angeles Chargers go to Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals are a three-point favorite. Uh, what a fun young quarterback matchup. Justin yes. Herbert versus Joe Burrow. Um, I'm going to go with the Bengals at home covering um, some concerns for me developed after Vic Fangio took it to his former well, his former defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley. So we'll see how the Chargers re- uh, respond. Bengals have a pretty good defense. They can score. Give me the Bengals at home. Yeah, Bengals have the better defense. Your Chargers have uh, started to struggle. They're all of a sudden six and five. Herbert hasn't had some great moments lately. Um, so we'll see how Brandon Staley can pull that all together. But the way this the way this league's been this year, who the heck knows? But I'm going to go with the Bengals too. I think that's a smarter pick. Those teams seem to be trending in different directions right now. All right, Fox three hundred five. The Washington football team currently holds the last playoff spot. Uh, I don't know, we call that the Bears special. Getting that, that is the Bears special. Yeah, the Bears special. Um, so they are under five hundred right now, but they are in the playoffs. They have the tiebreaker over the Vikings. This is three oh five in Vegas against the Raiders, who are two and a half point home favorites. Raiders. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll go with the Raiders too. All right, last game Monday night. This is actually a good one. There's not a lot of great games this weekend, but this is a good one. The new surging New England Patriots. I think we're getting some answers to the whole Tom Brady. Bill Belichick debate, right? Hey, uh, here's breaking news. They're both fantastic. Yep. They're both incredible at their jobs. That can be the answer. And we're starting to see that. We saw obviously Brady goes to Tampa, takes care of business. Now New England with a rookie quarterback and Mac Jones. What they're doing, it is really, really impressive. The Patriots, though, get a chance to make a huge statement. They go to Buffalo Monday night football. If they can go in there and beat the Bills, that has to be the most depressing thing you could go through as a Bills fan at this point. And they've been through a lot. Yeah. So this is a 7-15, Bills two-and-a-half-point favorites on Monday Night Football. It wouldn't surprise me if this comes or be- develops into like a second-half shootout where you're going score for score for score. And if that's the case, I'm taking Josh Allen over Mac Jones, as impressive as Mac Jones has been as a rookie, and especially for that team. Give me Josh Allen in that situation. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with the Patriots here. The Bills have just, they've had their moments where they've struggled and they've, it uh, seems like teams have yeah, figured it's been them a out. Year for them, yeah. And if there's a team that can figure them out, it's New England. So I, I'm going to side with Bill Belichick here in this, in this long standing matchup. He just has more talent than he did last year, and I am going to take the Patriots, I think, actually to win. But certainly, if you're going to give me two and a half points, I'm going to take it. So I will go with the Patriots. All right, we got to run. We got to get to House Hall. Got a lot of stuff to do. We appreciate everybody listening. Make sure, uh, I know a lot of people have been asking about obvious shirts. I think everything's still up there. The hats are pre-order. Everything's there. Let us know if they're not. But um, all that stuff's available to you. Still the holidays makes a good gift. So obviousshirts.com. A lot of good merch up there for you with the sweatshirts, t-shirts, and hats. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read us, NBCSportsChicago.com, on The Athletic as well. Check out the YouTube stream. It's up there, YouTube.com, and subscribe to the Hogan Johns channel. We appreciate you guys. We will talk to you post-game Sunday at Soldier Field. You know how those go. They're always, they're always just great. There's nothing to complain about. You know, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Come hang out. See ya. One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hogg, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name.